Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Nina Gallant. Nina is a Boston-based photographer who specializes in photographing food and the food industry. In this interview, I speak to Nina about how she developed a passion for photographing food, the challenges of photographing peppermint ice cream, and I also speak to her about her involvement in Parachute Studios, which is located in Boston, Massachusetts. Nina has a true passion for photography and food, so it was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with her in depth about all that she does. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Nina Gallant, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks for coming by. We're at your really cool studio, uh, Parachute Studios in uh, South Boston. Really cool spot. Um, definitely anybody looking for studio space, check out their website. Really cool space. You can rent it. And uh, yeah, I guess just to start off, I was just kind of curious what you've been uh, working on lately. Um, well, I am a, primarily a food and food culture, food people photographer. Um, so I pretty much think about food all day long, all day, every day. Um, so I'm, I'm fortunate to, uh, yeah, to move around that, that sphere. Lunches are always great. And then I guess recently, uh, last couple of weeks, it's been like cheese magazine shoot. Um, some hummus, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, working on some personal projects and, uh, and then, you know, some random, uh, still life stuff for magazine, always something cooking up. That's pretty cool. Cheese magazine. I didn't realize that was a magazine. I'm out of the loop. Uh, what, <laughs> what, what kind of cheeses have you been shooting lately? Oh man. So, um, they're actually one of my favorite clients cause they're like willing to get kind of weird with stuff. Um, uh, culture magazine. It's a magazine just de- dedicated to, uh, cheese and they have a fair amount of street cred in the food community. Mm. Um, they do a good job of, um, highlighting both the people and the process. Um, but they also, love beautiful pictures so they're kind of ideal um so this last project was all about spanish uh spanish food and spanish cheeses in particular um so you know it was a a themed day and uh sitting in front of us here we have a bunch of cheeses left over from the shoot so feel free to to snack on that's the perk of your job i guess get all the snacks (laughs) it is a liability (laughs) and a perk yeah (laughs) if you're in my sphere like you're gonna get snacked that's cool (laughs) that's cool i I was excited to talk to you because actually you're the probably yeah you are the first food photographer i've had on the podcast and i i literally don't know anything about food photography really i know a little bit but not much so I was excited to talk to you um but I guess just to kind of go back a little bit um where did you grow up and like how did you kind of get into photography initially sure yeah I uh I grew up um in Newburyport Mass which is up on the North Shore um I come from uh a food family um my mom's a baker she had a bakery up there my whole childhood so I was like running around with like butter and chocolate on my face and um, annoying all the customers and uh, my dad's a restaurant guy so he like ran restaurants um, all around the whole area and my brother is a bar manager and getting into the bagel business now so um, it's basically one of those things where like Thanksgiving dinner we're all talking eating 
Brussels sprouts talking about our next meal. Like, <laughs> is, there's, is, there's just no stop. <laughs> um, but so uh, I came to photography a little later than a lot of the folks that you might have talked to. Um, I am like through and through an art kid and uh, a super nerd. Um, so I went to, um, I don't know, I think my parents recognized at an early age that I needed a little alternative process when it came to my education. So I ended up going to this amazing um, academic hippie school in uh, Beverly, um, where we talked about our feelings a lot, read French poetry, (laughs) but also looked at a ton of art. Um, I learned how to draw in a really classical way. I thought I was going to be a fine artist, like a painter, drawer, famous artist. Um, and photography was not on my radar. I was not interested in like technical stuff at all. Um, growing up, I was like, give me a piece of paper and pencil. Um, but what I realized now is like all of that is like, I draw on that every, no pun intended. I (laughs) draw from that experience every single day with photography. Um, so I ended up going to, uh, art school at Cooper Union um, and was pretty jazzed on that. Went from like having to like do tons of schoolwork and like write papers and stuff to just being able to make art full time, talk about art yeah. every day, surrounded by people who want to do nothing but that. And it was like both an awakening of like, oh, I thought I was special because I was like the art kid in my school you know you get kind of pigeonholed yeah i mean in a like lovely way but also like if there's an art project like oh give it to nina she'll she'll do well with this um and then i get to art school and it's like full stop what is going on now i'm no longer special snowflake yeah i have to hustle to like get my point of view shown like some of these kids had way more like art history knowledge than I did or had already been studying like contemporary artists. And I'm like, Oh God, I have so much work to do. And plus New York city was just insane. Mm. Um, so I didn't pick up a camera until like the etching class I wanted to take wasn't available like sophomore year of college. And, uh, so I guess it's back, like I got, I get to college and I'm like, oh, I'm like painter, drawer, whatever. And then I get into like the wood shop because we're doing like foundation year. And I'm like, oh, metal sculpture. Like, yes, give me flame, metal and like conceptual ideas. And like I was getting art theory. I was like, oh, give me all this art soup. Like I want all of it. And like the sculpture, I was like, oh. I love this because when you make sculpture, it's not a rendition of the thing. Yeah. It's the thing. I love that idea. Like you put like in an art context, you put a can of Coke in front of someone. It transcends the way you normally like interact with Coke to being an art object. And then you have to think about it in, you know, a, a different context. So I loved that directness. Mm. Um, and then I had like, existential crisis <laughs> way OD'd on art theory got like paralyzed couldn't make anything good anymore yeah. it was just overthinking anything everything and then I ended up in this photo class and in a dark room and I got a camera in front of me and I was like wait wait this because what I loved about sculpture was like it was that immediacy that 
direct like correlation to the thing in front of you. Um, but camera is so sneaky because it's literally what you see, how you see the world. And what's amazing about it is it has this like suspension of disbelief, yeah. like where the viewer sees a picture and they're like, oh, that's truth. You know, there's a kernel of truth there because there's like a mechanism involved that like captured light. Um, but as the artist, as the photographer, you're like, I had lens choices, I had angle choices, I had lighting choices, and it's sneaky. Mm -hmm. um, but I loved that it was like this direct like view through yeah. your eyes. That makes sense. And um, it's kind of cool hearing how you're kind of doing all the other art stuff before photography. And even looking at your work now, a lot of the still life stuff you do with food and cheese, it's really almost sculpture in itself because it's like shapes and design. So you feel like you kind of pull from some of that stuff you used to do back in the day with the stuff you do now. Yeah, 150%. Like I, not that I had like an ideal path towards photography if there is such a thing but I draw on every single piece of of my past um every day like especially like I love art history like I studied the shit out of it <laughs> and like composition image and meaning and like who's the viewer what are they seeing in this picture what is the artist's role and like how does it change over time and like that whole thought process bringing a layer of that to like um both my personal and commercial work has just um been so satisfying to know that you can like draw on all those like that nerdy shit <laughs> and overlay it on like a career yeah definitely that's really cool and I guess when you first picked up the camera, what kind of stuff were you uh, photographing? Was it always still life and food for you, f food for you from the get go, or were you kind of shooting other stuff, or what was kind of the beginning? Yeah. So um, uh, when I first started with photography, I was like, like everyone else, like, well, I was in New York, so I was like street photography, uh, medium format, like buildings, reflections, like street detritus um and then i um took my camera up to vermont where my family's from um to when my dad my brother and i were visiting my grandmother and uh she lives in or lived in northern vermont in a um uh french catholic like town um and raised a ton of kids in this tiny little house, had like no education. She survived polio. Like this woman Damn. was through and through a, a badass, but in the softest, most like nurturing way. Um, and her house was like just chock full of like religious icons, weird seventies shit, like wallpaper. It was like just an expression of her. And um, so I took my camera up to Vermont with me and I was just capturing what I had seen my whole childhood this crazy house where she raised all these kids and like full of weird iconography and like grandma stuff yeah and Gra grandma stuff gra I like I like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know um like the little towels and like the Barbie doll cozies over the toilet paper and like <laughs> mushroom shaped salt and pepper shakers um but also like her hands like playing dominoes and like sitting in her Barca lounger watching like 
um, Hollywood Squares. And so it was like this part of my life no one had ever seen before and that I had never shown anyone before. And like I was transfixed with how I could sort of encapsulate that like very deep resonating thing in my in my life and bring it back to my like art school context make um prints put them up on the wall and then hear critique Mm. about that like and it gives me chills right now um like that transformed me Mm. I was like this is a drug like yes (laughs) this like I can capture how I move through the world and then like through my art stuff create a conversation yeah no that's exciting and I guess when you're like in art school did you kind of have a goal for the type of photography you want to do to do when you get out like did you think you're going to do like fine artwork or when did the kind of commercial aspect come into the play because I know you do a lot of editorial and commercial work now when did that kind of start yeah so um you know trudged through art school uh and was like I am going to be an artist. I'm going to get in galleries and museums. I'm going to have a solo show at the Guggenheim. Just wait. Um, And so I was definitely into like more conceptual fine art photography. Um, And by that, I mean some combination of like things that I captured out in the world, um, using weird techniques in the dark room, but always with the mindset of like this is going to go in a art space yeah um or be be admired in in a gallery that someone will then take home and they'll want to take that idea home with them mm. um and so after school i moved to martha's vineyard where i had been um like working in the summers um working in galleries there and stuff and it was both like a I don't know if it was the right choice, but it was what I did. Um, You know, got out of the city, worked like a million jobs, worked in galleries. I taught at a charter school. I assisted a wedding photographer Um, and was like definitely always like wanting to be a fine artist. Mm. But then like two years go by and I'm like, there is no opportunity here unless I want to um, be a wedding photographer, which I have utmost respect for the people in that trade absolutely but it was just not for me Mm -hmm. um so and I was like and I like continuous roads like I like to be able to like there's some you know prepper escapist side of me that's like I need to get in my car and go so (laughs) I like scooted out of there and came to Boston and what I realized was that like I wanted to make really cool shit, but I also didn't have like the strongest handle on my materials, like the camera, and, like the just the, like the technical, just stuff. the technical stuff. Because the school I went to was super fine arts yeah. driven and idea driven, which was awesome. But I needed to learn stuff, so yeah, you need to know both for sure. Yeah, so I was like working in restaurants and started assisting, which was like the best (laughs) like assisting was like getting paid to go to school yeah and I was really lucky because it was like um right when things were changing over from film to digital okay so I was um most of the people I was working with in the beginning were all film shooters and uh so I was like 
loading four by five, loading eight by 10 film, um, you know, for big commercial shoots or as like tracking, you know, film um, for the lab, like push this, pull that, like it's a whole other beast. Um, And then a couple of photographers started working with like, um, with Hasselblads and with Broncolor and, or with Cinar. And, uh, because we were all, it was the, like the wild west and they were trying to like convince their clients that that was an okay way to go. Um, and sort of the photographers were leading the way. Um, and because, uh, I don't know, because right place, right time, I got to learn, I got to touch all the gear, I got to learn, you know, the softwares, learn the lingo, um, learn about, you know, color spaces and workflows on the job, yeah. which is like such a gift. Were you working with like uh, like still life photographers or all this, all different types of photographers or what kind yeah. of stuff were you working on? I would work for whoever, yeah. wherever. I loved all of it. I mean, there were like some really sh- shitty days where you're like, I just hauled hundreds of pounds <laughs> of gear, sweating so hard for like a dumb corporate headshot. Yeah. Um, that you know that subject is gonna like get a new one next year. Doesn't care about it. But there were also like these amazing moments. Whereas, like, I can't believe I got to be on the set. For sure. Um, so I think that if I had any advice for, like, young photographers, I always tell them, like, assist. Like, get your, get your butt on as many sets as you possibly can early on. Different kinds of sets, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's no pressure on you, really. Well, I mean, there is a little bit, but not really, because at the end of the day, the photographer is the one running the show, so it's like he has to make sure everything runs smoothly. So being an assistant, yeah, I mean, because I assisted for a few years, and you definitely learn a lot. Yeah, I mean, just learning that there are different ways to do something, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, when you're a photographer, you kind of, like, create your own workflow, and it, then it's so hard to course cor- correct, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to make any changes in your workflow, it takes, like, probably messing up or something to happen for you to realize, like, there needs to be a change here. But being able to witness the way a lot of other photographers run their sets or manage their clients yeah. or, like between different camera systems even all that nudgy stuff like yeah, you just pick up little bits of knowledge yeah, from everybody and you, fi- and you figure out what you like and what you don't like and things like that yeah and i assisted like arguably for way too long um and i think like the last year or so that i was working um i it wasn't so much i was learning technical stuff or like how to build a set but i was just really honing in on the business stuff like what is making this photographer's business like successful um and uh, and this other person like what is their deal why are, why are they having such a hard time with their clients and like why are their shoots always so much earlier longer harder like and the images like what what makes one person's like what's what's the deal here and i think it boils down to just like not being a jerk mm. and like having passion for your yeah. work and like being dead, you know. Yeah, and I, so- think, I think it's pretty like simple. I, I agree uh, from working with other photographers and talking to like successful photographers, the ones that kind of excel are the ones that, like you said, have a real passion for it, 
are always shooting um, their own projects. And then beyond that, it's really this people skills and being able to talk to people, really. Because uh, totally. there are certain photographers that they were nice guys and, you know, they're doing work. But you could tell, like, they had a harder time, like, uh, socializing and talking to people. And I get it. It's a hard skill. And I think, even for myself, I think I've gotten better at it over time because being a photographer, you're always constantly talking to different people, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's a people job from beginning to end. Even if you're shooting food, you still have to talk a lot. Yeah, (laughs) like, and in some ways more so because the food can't talk, so you have to talk for it. Like you have to talk out every piece of the idea uh, in your brain, and then communicate to your client ahead of time. And there's so much like coordination with food photography that uh, you end up having to collaborate with like so many people um in order to get the right food in the right place at the right time looking the right way (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's what i was gonna ask you about because i think a lot of people could probably look at a food photo like on a on on like a magazine or something that's be like oh they snapped a quick photo of like a piece of cheese or something (laughs) but um because like a lot of the projects you work on you're are you working with like food stylists and different people and things like that yeah i um uh most shoots these days have either a food stylist or a chef involved. Okay. All of them, really. Um, and But starting out, I was definitely, my hands were in it a lot. Um, and that's not everyone's path. But I just happen to be like a hands-on person plus a food person. But, um, yeah, for a, for a sort of regular food shoot where you have, um, you know, a dish that you're trying to highlight um, or an ingredient, there are usually like several people involved with um, with that. So um, a lot of people starting out don't know that there is such a thing as a food stylist. And I like to, like, I, I teach a bit too. And so when I am teaching people, like, you know, are so curious about food photography. And I think that's wonderful. Um, but the first thing I tell my students is like, as soon as you can fire yourself as the food stylist, like just get behind the camera, think about the camera angle, the light, the light is like everything, Mm -hmm. like make sure that you can fire yourself as soon as possible. Um, and work with someone that you trust who's like aesthetics and, and food technique you you know, you think it's workable um, because and find those collaborators that you love because they are like they are half of what goes into the project. Um, so basically, food stylists are food sculptors. Yeah, it's like a unique I've seen it in action. I worked on a when I was assisting, we worked on a Coca-Cola campaign. And oh, this, wow. this one guy, his whole job was just to style, like, they used, like, the old-style bottles and, like, ice cubes. And it was, like, so interesting to watch because it was a unique skill. It's almost like you almost can compare it to, like, a carpenter versus, like, a Finnish carpenter. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like, a really unique skill set. And then when you try to tell people about it, they're like, what? That guy just, like, organizes apples or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, no, I don't know. Yeah, what do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, it's, it's, it's. Oh, no, dude, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um no it's just sidebar one of my like the, <laughs> one of my earliest um like 
as a, as a, an assistant on a food shoot, um, <laughs> one of the weirdest things I've ever had to do, which like just sort of speaks to the quirkiness of this trade yeah. is like, it was an ice cream shoot. And in the food photography world, ice cream shoots are like, hell, <laughs> <laughs> that's one word for them. Um, but they are like, if, uh, it's like the major leagues, right? You get called, if you get called for a corporate ice cream shoot, you have made it to the majors and you got to have like a crack team because for one obviously it melts fast and for two everyone has a really uh precise idea on what makes ice cream look delicious um that is a whole other story but in any case so big ice cream shoot eight by ten camera Mm -hmm. so and it's kind of macro so the thing's (laughs) racked out so far yeah huge lights like burning hot you know Jeez. and then there's like dry ice and like <laughs> all this stuff going on and like flying a food stylist from new york and like he's a super diva whatever and so the um the ice cream was like peppermint stick ice cream and so the challenge is with peppermint stick ice cream is that the little candies bleed their red color uh. into the ice cream because it's you know like food dye so it just goes into the cream so (laughs) they had the ice cream made separately without the candies sent the candies and then my job was to lay them all out on a sheet tray with and then with acrylic spray spray all the candies down on one side flip them over and then spray them on the other side (laughs) and I was like this is my job. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, food photography is wild. Isn't there, is, is there like laws like you can't, you only can do certain stuff to food when you're photographing, right? Like you can't like use like. Right. So the, the general rule is, and this is um, the example I use is like, if you're photographing cereal, you have to use the cereal that is advertised that it comes in the box. Mm. Like you can open up a hundred boxes of that cereal, pick out the best flakes, but you have to use that those flakes from those boxes. Like you can't make your own. Yeah. Um, but the milk can be Elmer's glue. Okay. And I mean that's an old school thing. Like we don't really use Elmer. You know, like we nowadays everything's pretty much real like we might use super glue every once in a while yeah. on a steak that fell apart but like by and large mo- like some of those old school tricks have kind of gone away we don't need to because digital is so fast now yeah you can just change everything up now nah, that's interesting and i guess like when you kind of got out of assisting um what was kind of your first step into like shooting your own work like how are you kind of getting clients um were you was your portfolio kind of food at that point or what was kind of your first step into starting your own photo business yeah so i was um i was still in the in the doldrums of a double life um in that i was well i get at one point it was like a triple life it was like i was assisting working in restaurants i was like helping my boyfriend at the time run a restaurant um so like managing staff and like the, and like a whole experience there and then working on my own stuff and we had uh, my my ex-boyfriend and I had um self-published a couple of cookbooks which was an amazing experience um also like some of the hardest <laughs> experiences I've ever had um but so I had 
been shooting and assisting in this sort of like dovetail way for a long time by the time I like cut the cord. And I would say it was like a slow process of me like exiting the restaurant world, um, exiting the the assisting world, Mm -hmm. and then making a commitment to just shooting full time. And I had also, um, as I was like sundowning on assisting, I um, went and got a studio. Um, and it's, it's interesting because like I did spend so much time in the restaurant world and like that was such a big part of who I was. It also like gave me the financial freedom to be able to afford to like build my gear Mm -hmm. and to get a studio as like a young pup, you know? And, um, so I, Found this place over in Alston, renovated it, put a kitchen in there. It was a little 800-square-foot spot, and that became, like, my photo home. Um, And so when I, like, pulled the ripcord on, like, all the other things in my life um, and just went into photography, I was, like, I was, like, I had nothing. I was, like, I had a tiny little apartment. I was, like just working. I was hustling so hard. I would shoot anything. Um, you know, I'd shoot like for startups. I would shoot, um, for little magazines. I would shoot, um, just anything I could get my hands on. And it mostly was food at that point. Cause that's, um, yeah. the portfolio I had been building, yeah. but through the, through working in the, in the food world and through like just exploring that whole realm, I worked up this network of um, of like professional contacts. So like, chefs knew me around town just yeah. from being at events or yeah. from the right. restaurant world in general. And they be like, "Oh, we have you know update our website. Oh, I heard Nina takes pictures. Yeah. You know, so that was a good way for me to get sort of street cred. Yep. Um, in a way that other food photographers um, might not have. No, that makes sense. You're kind of part of the community, and yeah, you you're, you're friends with those chefs and things, and they kind of they, you're back of mind with the, uh, when they need something. Um, but that, the one thing kind of interesting, which I think is probably pretty common with everybody, like doing photography as like a career, at least in my experience and talking to you, there's no straight path. Like I, I've had like nine. <laughs> that is so I, true. I, I, I've had like when I first started out, I was like, because you look at other guys that are like, you know, been in it twenty years, and you're like, oh, they probably just, you know, did it started in in two three years. They just had their business and they were making a bunch of money. But it's like it's like yeah. no, it's like I've had I had so many jobs. Like I was like assisting shooting, and then I remember I was like working nights like at Lowe's, like unloading oh, tr- unlo- unloading trucks, and then like I would get like a j- little jobs here and there. But it's just kind of interesting this to hear that everyone has that thing because it's like. I don't know about you, but I think for, if you're going to do photography as a career, you have to look at it as like a like a 30-year thing or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. If not more, like I'm hoping to do this until my crusty fingers yeah. like, like can't sh- shoot a picture anymore. Like mm-hmm. I until I go blind, yeah. you know, and then I hope they have cameras that are like can read your mind at that point. Um, but yeah, it is super long game. I like, you know, past self Nina coming out of school, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to do all things. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be that hard. And, um, I mean, I've had like plenty of downtimes, but like Mm -hmm. this profession will keep you on your toes. And 
I am so stoked that I can do a job that um, I am challenged to like get, you have to be better. You have to make yourself better all the time. Like you can't rest on your laurels. Yeah. I love that. Like I love that you have to constantly be thinking about like, how do I make this a little different? How do I push the aesthetic? How do I, you know, take the client's ideas and then like make it a little bit special or unexpected? Like what is my point of view on this? Um, I love that that's part of the job description. Yeah, definitely because it is a competitive business as you know and you have to keep shooting new stuff and pushing yourself because it, everyone else around you, if you want to be working those top jobs, you got to be constantly pushing yourself or you'll just get lost in the behind, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it took a while for me to have confidence, I think in my like point of view from a commercial standpoint. Like I always really had a lot of faith in my like artistic viewpoint mm-hmm. but it actually took me a while to realize that in the that the commercial world craves that and that in fact like you like you need to inject that part of you in your pictures if you're gonna even survive oh yeah because like when you're getting called from like an advertising agency from some art director when he calls to hire you he's putting his neck out on the line so he has to know that you're 100 percent confident with everything you do because even if you're if you're not for a little second they're not going to want to hire you because they're risking their own job because you know what I mean yeah I think like it's really important you met that's such a good point it's really important I think to be able to think from your client's perspective mm-hmm. um and that's taught me a lot about uh I don't know just how to yeah how to keep pushing myself but also to like have empathy for the people who are hiring you and think of it as a collaboration. So like they, like if someone goes to the trouble of all the photographers in this like image saturated world and they choose you, like they are already fighting for you. Mm -hmm. They already want you to succeed. And so you have to like honor that, you know? And so, they're already on your side. Give them reasons to stay on your side. Yeah. You know, if you're making images that like aren't quite working for them or that, um, you know, if you get too much in your own head about something, it's like you're passing off images that that people have to take back to their client, their client or their boss or th- like and put them up on the wall or whatever and be like. I stand behind this and I don't have a chance to do that once I hand off those files. So like, I want to make sure that that everyone involved is like stoked on what we're making. Um, because, uh, you know, if they feel like the vision is there, they can fight for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they're like, they get sort of artistic, um, like gratification on the process too. Yeah. It's an interesting balance, like art and commerce. Because it's like, you're obviously an artist yourself, but when you're doing it for money, it is like this, um, kind of like this dance, like with the art director, you want to put your touch on it, but then at the same time, they're calling you for a need they have. So it's kind of like this balance you have to, I look at it like, I mean, I love all the jobs I get, like even like sometimes it might be boring. It can be interesting for certain reasons and the commercial jobs they're good because you, you get to keep shooting and you can make money and then you can work on the side projects you want to do on your own time. You know what I mean? Totally. And like, w- if you're really lucky, like those 
things become a continuum. Yeah. And um, I mean, my favorite part about this job is that it's collaborative. Like, mm -hmm. I am not meant <laughs> to, like, one of the things about this job that can be kind of uh, bad for me in my personality is that it can be so solo. Yeah. And so, like, one of the things I really celebrate is that it, like, you're working with people, um, but sneakily, you know, like, your point of view is like the, is, is what brings people to the table. So, um, uh, so the challenge there is to make it awesome. Yeah. Um, but that is definitely like one of my, my favorite parts about it. And that's one of my favorite parts about, um, uh, um, about like the commerce side of it in yeah. a way is like that it, you are involved with a whole conversation. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I was kind of curious about, because I actually don't know a lot of like still life and food photographers, so I was, like I said, I was pumped to talk to you. Do you feel like a lot of like still life photographers and food photographers can tend to be introverts, or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I always just thought that I was like they probably just like shoot food because they don't want to talk to people yeah. or stuff. They like I don't know. <laughs> no, that is so. I mean, that is like so on the nose, and um, I, you know, I've worked for like a mixture. Like I would say, like the stereotypes are definitely there, where there's like. You know, I assisted enough to know that, like, a lot of, like, the fashion um, folks tend to be, like, extroverts or, like, celebrity yeah. photographers tend to, like, you know, rile up a room or whatever. Um, and, you know, like, there's, like, thumping music. And um, and then, like, still life, it's, like, <laughs> like, if you spend four hours trying to make, like, a little sculpture of objects with, like, light that's so, like, zeroed with, in, like, like tweezers, you, like, you want to have, like, classic music in the background, and, um, you, like, you don't want to have any jarring, like, things happening, or, like, doors opening and closing, um, because, uh, yeah, you don't want to, like, interrupt the scene, but, um, I I was fortunate to work for a couple of different personality types. Okay. Um, like I worked with this one guy, Bruce Peterson, um, who is oh, a yeah. phenomenal yeah. photographer. He's like a genius. Um, but he really does best when he can like concentrate on his set. Yeah. And so I think he hired me to be like the personality in the room. Oh, yeah. You be the personality. Uh, he's like, <laughs> can you make sure that the lunch tastes good? And that like those, the, you know, like, those advertising folks, fancy advertising folks are like happy yeah. and, uh, you know, like make conversation with them mm. and I am not above it. Like it's fine. Like that's part of the job too. So yeah. like, I think he kept me around to, uh, to be his buffer. <laughs> um, but I also just learned a ton from him and from his process. And he actually ended up getting me like my first magazine job. Oh wow. Um, just cause like I stuck stuck with it with him and um he was on a shoot with a photo editor for boss magazine and they were like oh man i need a food photographer for this shoot coming up like i don't you know people are booked or whatever mm. and bruce was like well you should try nina and i had he had one of my cookbooks uh in his studio um so you know and then i get a call the next day um and it was like I was like, all those years in Bruce's <laughs> studio with the like lights down low. It's like 9 p.m. It's paying off He's, now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I paid my dues. Yes. Um, but that's been great. And and then I you know worked with this other guy, Jeff Coolidge, who has a studio out in um, 
like a little more west of town. Mm. And he is like a phenomenal guy, like social guy. He's got a little dog that runs around the studio. You shoot bows and arrows in his backyard. Yeah. He's got great music going all the time. But he works for like Boston Scientific and J&J and like folks who um, like you, if you're photographing a heart stent, like it, you are concentrating on two square inches of space for yeah. like four hours and it's a lot. Um, no, that, that's interesting. I, yeah. I, I'm glad someone can do it. I just don't, I, I'm like too ADD. I, <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't, I remember being in college and he had a shoot in like still life and I was, I, I'm just like clumsy to begin with. I'd be like breaking shit. <laughs> so I just couldn't do it, but that's interesting. And uh, one thing I was kind of curious about is like, I noticed on your website, uh, you shoot like all different types of food. Like you'll shoot drinks and lobster rolls and everything. Do you feel like as a food photographer, do you need to have like a niche? Like you're the drink person or mm. like you're like the burger person. I don't know. Or yeah. is, or do you think it's like good just to be well-rounded or what's your kind of... Yeah. So it's so funny because like I for a long time thought just being a food photographer was specialized enough. Mm. And um, so, you know, I was like... Oh, am I limiting myself by just being like a food person? Um, which being said, like m the other side of this is that like in order, this is sort of a sidebar, but um, I also am like super interested in like food in culture and society and people and like we all congregate around food and it's this huge empathy machine. Mm. Um, so like, I've kind of branched out to try to incorporate some of um, my interest in like the world uh, and the food industry and the, and the way food shapes our culture. But in any case, um, it's interesting because like in Boston, Boston is like a market in and of itself. And then like there's the New York market and then there's like national market. So for Boston, like it's, uh, better to be a little more of a generalist yep. and or at least to present yourself that way. Like, so if, um, like it's great cause like the agencies and stuff in town are, most of them are like pretty dedicated to hiring local people, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you can show that you can shoot a burger, that you can shoot drinks, that you understand how to shoot ice cream, yep. um, that you have, um, you know, different stylists that you turn to depending on the project that you can manage a shoot that is can either be like super lifestyle or is like really nudgy studio stuff like if you can show that breadth um like there's going to be plenty of work for you yeah and uh but in a market like new york um where there's so many photographers like it's not enough just to be a food photographer yeah. like you have to have like you're an editorial food photographer and um, or you, yeah, you are the drink guy or you are the burger lady yeah. or, um, you shoot food in the studio with strobes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, uh, I mean, I'm trying to market to those folks there. So I'm having to now like create essentially like two portfolios, yeah. um, which creates existential crisis oh trust me we're all we're all there it, yeah. it, can get, it can get frustrating sometimes because you know you can do the work but it's like like you said they want like this 
the super niche like for certain jobs maybe i guess probably like a lot of advertising stuff is like they want to know this person just does this like yeah they want to have a go-to yeah. like you it's the i got a guy syndrome <laughs> yeah like, yeah oh you need to do like frosty drinks i got a guy yeah i got you know the uh oh lifestyle shoot like mm-hmm. backyard nantucket whatever I got a lady for that. And um, so, but I understand it. It's just like, it's such a huge market, but it's like, how do you navigate that to your advantage? Like putting out there in the universe, what, what you want to shoot and then asking the universe for that to come ricocheting back. Yeah, definitely. And I I was going to ask you is like with like the marketing stuff, is that something you spend a lot of time thinking about these days? And is your like approach always changing or what's your take on it? Yeah, I am um, a marketing baby. (laughs) Uh, I am working on it. You know, I've been, um, I guess, really lucky in that like for the first 10, 12 something years of like doing this, that everything came organically, like everything just came through the door. And it was wonderful. Like I got some really wonderful clients and projects out of just like the universe being like, oh, you're ready. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, But I'm um, focusing like in the last few years on being really intentional about putting the work out there that I want to get back. And so, um, yeah, come having a really solid print portfolio, um, you know, updating website all the time, keeping the branding fresh. Um, and then just being out in the world, talking to people like personal face to face, um, conversations and marketing is like the best. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think having done this for a while myself too, is like, you can start to get busy and you got clients and you're getting work in the door, but then at a certain point, uh, you can just get busy and then you kind of forget to like start reaching out to new people and things like that. You know what I mean? So it is almost, it is important to like, I find myself now it's like, I need to like take a step back sometimes and be like, you know, I'm really grateful for the clients I have, but I also want to try to shoot some different stuff. And it's like, it just gets hard once you start getting busy. Yeah. I mean, it's like an amazing thing, but it's like, you know, from a, Here's where, like, it gets interesting where um, the job kicks in and you have to turn your entrepreneurial brain on, your, like, startup brain (laughs) that is, like, weird, like, icky place that we all have inside of us. Um, uh, You know, or some people do and some people don't. But, um, like, I'm fortunate that I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. Like, we just don't work for other people well (laughs) like they're like it's I'm gonna do it my way so uh for better or worse but what um was kind of cool about that was like like my mom had this bakery growing up and so there was no stopping point between work and family like we ran like the shopkeepers around my mom's bakery were my babysitters like uh Christmas Eve was always like you know, making cookies by the dozens (laughs) and like you order Chinese food at the end of the day because like you're tired and this is how you celebrate Christmas Eve. Um, But that being said, like, I think it gave me this perspective on work that is like, has really come in handy where it's like, there's no stopping point between who I am and what I do. Yeah. Um, And at some point you have to, you know, carve out a space 
you know, for your own, like for your soul to exist. And, um, and also look at some of the commercial stuff as like, this is a means to an end, yep. but, um, being able to think of it in a holistic way and like, um, approach the act of being a creative as a business yeah. and that, that you can never turn that like entrepreneurial brain off. Yeah. Um, yeah, for better or worse. Yeah. It's tough. It's like, uh, yeah, it's nonstop. And with photography, I think the thing you learn is like, there's no straight shot career with this. Like it's just, no, it's a weird <laughs> spaghetti pile. And you never know like, uh, where your next job's going to come from. And it's always like the weirdest stuff, at least for myself. Like I could spend like years marketing to like one person that I want to work for mm -hmm. and you never get hired. But then like out of left field, you just get some client be like, Oh, how did this happen? Yeah. Like someone, someone you talked to like four years ago calls you up. <laughs> And they're like, oh, we're finally ready for the picture. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. it was so worth it to go out for that beer. Yeah. Um, Not, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting. And one thing, like looking at your website, I know obviously you shoot a ton of food and things, but you also have some really cool like uh, portraits and kind of lifestyle, lifestyle stuff like uh one project that was kind of cool on there was, I think it's called Froggy's uh, Sap Shack. Yeah. It, is it kind of fun for you to kind of step away from the food sometimes and just kind of shoot portraits and things like that? Is that something you kind of enjoy doing? Totally. I mean, I am, uh, I guess, like the nerdy part of me um, and the uh, sort of like creative like monster is that I, um, I don't know. I just like look at the world as it's like it's just all the stuff to learn from and it's just this continuum um so for me like my interest in food doesn't stop at like the table mm. um or the page that the photo's on but because of that because of like having worked in the industry like restaurant world is crazy like it is a little crucible of energy and like you know old school wise like people not showing up to work because they're in jail or like people having affairs in the walk-in or whatever. Um, and then, so there's that world. And then there's like the world of food distribution. There's like the uh, Chelsea market, truck drivers, like fishermen, like there are all these cool worlds that exist around food that have nothing to do with, with delicious. Yeah. They have nothing to do with with telling the story of yeah. like a savory plate in front of you. It's like, this is a culture based around pulling fish out of the ocean. Like yeah. that's fucking weird. And I think that's what makes food so interesting to me is it's like this amazing catalyst for the human story. There's a process for a beginning and an end. And yeah. it's kind of, it, it must be, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like fishermen, there's usually kind of tough, like gritty guys are out there in the ocean on boats for weeks. And then you could have that fish get delivered to like, some fancy restaurant like Menton in Boston right? where it's like this, like the high society of like, so it, it almost is kind of interesting to see that like uh, process. Totally. <laughs> and like, so what's interesting is like that, um, story that you called out on my website, Froggy Sap Shack that came about in a really funny way. Um, I do work, f um, for this well, the long story, longish medium story is that I've been working with this one company for a while. Um, they started off, with selling frozen mac and cheese and then they w went into like frozen um 
Latin foods and then just specialized in empanadas. And then the um, founder was like, I'm going to also start up this glamping campsite in Maine with my family because she's rad and amazing. Um, And so I was like, "Ah, yes, please. (laughs) Let me do stuff for you there and go to Maine and camp in these like A-frame cabins and play in the woods. So I was going up to photograph a um, sugar shack dinner she was having. So it's this big um, like... Uh, event she was throwing with like big long um, tables and a chef was coming like a caterer was coming in um, and it was this big event so I was photographing the whole process and they were boiling sap down in their backyard um, so it was all focused on it was like it was client work um, but it was fun and so I was up there and I'm like shooting away and I'm like hey so where are you getting the sap from for this dinner and for this sugar boil She's like, oh, there's this guy, Froggy, like two towns over in Union, who uh, like collects sap and does boils down syrup. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> Can we meet this guy? <laughs> uh, did you say Froggy? <laughs> and I was like, who? Yeah, who is this guy? I'm like, this is an important part of like telling the story of this sugar shack dinner was like where you got the sap from. So I was like, all right, I'm going to peace out and go find Froggy. <laughs> And so I, I drive a couple towns over, and Froggy's just, like, hanging out in his backyard, like, thumping on the tanks of, like, the sap, trying to get it to, like, flow through the tubs to, like, his sugar shack. And I'm like, hey, are you Froggy? And he's like, yeah. And it turns out he was, like, the nicest guy that had been at it for, like, decades. Like, he used, it was, like, his family business. And he was, like, so open. And I was like, I waited, um, you know, a little while to, like, Pull the camera out and I was like, hey, I'm actually a photographer. Like, is it okay if I take some pictures? He was and probably pumped. He was psyched. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a huge lesson. Like, if you if you don't ask, you won't get the pictures. And so, like, you know, it was a huge lesson to me too. Like, yeah. I was on this commercial job. I mean, it was sort of semi-commercial, but you know, I was up there to do a task, and then I was like, oh, but then there's this other thing. And it was like this wonderful bonus mm-hmm. that I got to meet Froggy and like take his portrait and like show his process of like pulling sugar water out of trees. Like, that's so crazy. Yeah, no, it's really cool. You got an awesome series out of that. And it is kind of cool how you mix like food with people and it kind of blends together. It's not just like this like product. <laughs> like, it's a lot yeah. of, you know what I mean? I mean, hopefully that's where I want to land in the, you know, in the near future is like, I want to work with um, on commercial and like, I want to work with brands and with magazines or like with, with folks that want to tell the whole story mm. that are like, we want to show people like where this radish pulled out of the ground, like how it got into your salad, you know? Um, because I, I think that whole continuum is like, I think people are interested. They want to know where the food comes from. And uh, there's stories all along the way. Yeah, you never, like you said, that froggy stuff, you just got to keep your ears open. Yeah. <laughs> you, never, you never know what's yeah, out you gotta there. Yeah, you got to keep your, you know, keep taking in exposures <laughs> and have your camera ready. Yeah. Is there like any other like uh, food photographers like work you enjoy looking at? Or not, it doesn't even have to be food, just any other photographers you kind of enjoy their work? Well, I think like. There's one name that always comes up for me, and that is Irving Penn. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just, like, classic. The goat. (laughs) (laughs) The goat. Yeah. uh, Like, everything he did from, like, you know, like, food 
uh, photography perspective. Like he did all this like cool stuff for Vogue, um, these still life things to like his fashion work. Um, he just didn't limit himself. He was just a photographer. Like he yeah, just, yeah I, I love that shit. Like when people just do everything, they're just like because they they just, they're just interested about everything. You yeah, know? and what I loved about a lot of his stuff is like if he was photographing food. It, so there was like some classicism to it, like some he would always borrow from art history, um, but like he wouldn't approach it like a food photographer or like a fashion photographer. Like he would borrow from all of those different like yeah. zeitgeists. Yeah. And like as a as I'm like cultivating my point of view as a food photographer, I'm like, am I that like? everything's beautiful backlit like beautiful yeah. cutting boards food photographer or am I like more up in your face like yeah. f- more flash forward or whatever you know so just being able to like pull from all of those different inspiration points is like I think where the sweet spot I want to land on no that's awesome and uh one thing I was going to ask you about um I kind of mentioned it earlier we're sitting here in parachute studios yeah which is kind of interesting it's like a collaborative, there's a couple of photographers, and how would you explain it, and how did it all kind of come together? Yeah, so um, I guess the long short of it is uh, I have, I'm one of six people um, that occupy and maintain a studio in Southie. Um, it's South Boston for... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, South Boston. And... Um, uh, we've been here for about a year and it's me plus, um, three other photographers and, uh, a co- and a makeup artist and a 3d renderer. Um, and we all met just through Boston being a small town, being creatives. Um, and it's kind of interesting, like if you're out in the world and you like, you end up forming friendships um, with other like folks in, in your field, like opportunities sometimes just happen like this where, um, it's, it was an amazing thing where the universe kind of came together and the space became available. Uh, it's like a three story space with a, a psych wall and a shooting kitchen. Um, we have all our gear here, whatever. Um, so, uh, we shoot here, create here, but then also rent it out to, um, to other, uh, creatives. And so, um, the idea was when we took it over that we were going to make a space for our, for ourselves, um, to make like anything you could dream of, but then also like be plugged into the rest of the community here. Um, cause I'm, I know this is probably happening in other places, um, too, but Boston was going through a particularly strange, like contraction time, um, where, you know, we lost a couple of important like photo stores, um, photographers were moving away from having their own studio or there being, um, rental studios available. And we were like, we're either making the dumbest decision (laughs) or the smartest because we're like, we're opening a studio while other people are like closing theirs. But, um, it seems to be exactly what, people were looking for um you know we we haven't done a lot of advertising or anything but we've been getting like wonderful folks here that just want to come and create we keep things pretty low-key like we're not like super fancy here but we just want 
you know, we want to create in our own space that like we want to make a space that feels like you can make anything. Yeah. No, it's really cool. It's like being around, like you were saying before we started this, how like uh, being a photographer can be kind of isolating. And the fact that you kind of teamed up with all these different creative people, it seems like it'd be kind of a cool environment to be in. Because I think, as you said before, the photography business, it's all it's all based on relationships and this kind of being in the mix. Like if you're not in the mix, you're going to have a hard time getting work. So oh, it, it's man, really it's cool. So that, true. That you, I mean, it's, it sucks that it's that way, but that's just what it is. Uh, but it's kind of cool that you kind of created this thing with like some friends and different yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, it takes like a special combination. And I, um, it, it took until this point in my career in life to like have enough contacts and network that, you could distill down to like a little nugget of some people that you know, like we're not in direct competition with each other. We work well together. We, uh, you know, they're like some of the most like generous um, and Mm. supportive people I know, but also there's like professionalism among us and we are all freelancers. So therein lies a little bit of the uh, challenge in that like we're six freelancers that basically occupy a turtle shell and uh, we have to work together in order to work separately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so far it's been amazing and I've already learned a ton from everyone here. Um, And yeah, I'm just super stoked. Everyone's doing awesome. That's dope. And I guess just to kind of wrap up, um, is there anything you're kind of currently working on or any kind of goals you have for moving forward? Yeah. Um, oh man, I want to, there's so much I want to do. I want to like be shooting out more in the world. I want to show more of this like human side of the food process. Um, I want to be working in different formats. Like I have a disposable camera in my bag. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I want to work on more like large format stuff and like really zero in on lighting stuff, Mm. but also I want to, um, I don't know. I want to push this realm. I want to push this idea of food photography um, to a place that like, at least in Boston or um, that people haven't seen before. And it's like a little personal mission. Um, but I have uh, yeah, a couple of personal projects coming up that I'm excited about. Um, and so always, always got something in the pipeline, I guess. That's awesome. Well, it's really exciting. And uh, I just want to thank you, Nina, for taking the time to do this. Um, I was pumped to get our first food photographer yeah. on there. <laughs> and uh, I guess for people listening, um, where's the best place to check out your work? Uh, well, I've got a website, ninagallant.com. Uh, and also on Instagram, it's like underscore Nina Gallant or something like that. Um, and Instagram is like a mixture of just like me plus work plus life. Okay. Um, so that's a kind of more accurate representation of like me as an organism and then uh the websites like most of the like work work perfect well i'll link it on there and thanks so much nina cool thanks alex so there you have it that was the nina gallant interview i want to thank nina so much for taking the time to come on the podcast it was a real pleasure getting to speak with her about all her work and experience in the photo industry i was excited to have a food photographer on the podcast i definitely learned a lot um so definitely go check out Nina's website at ninagallant.com. She has lots of cool, interesting photos on there and different projects she's working on. Um, So definitely go check that out. And going forward, just wanted to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexgagnephoto.com, and on my Instagram, 
at Alex Garnier Photo. Thanks so much for listening and take care.